been in a body at one point, but is still inhabiting space without their their corporeal form. form. (laughs) (laughs) Jake's Jake's looking at Benjamin in the corner. Have you ever seen ghosts? Have you experienced? Have you experienced? I mean, you know, any of that? And you you believe in it. You want to know, but you've never seen anything like it. No, but you can't see air. Um, you can see particles that have happened to still under a microscope. Um, we can look at light move. We used a camera to take a picture of light particles moving through air. So, yes. What was the question again? I was saying, have you ever seen ghosts? Oh, um, no, but I've experienced a weird happening, if I may. Yeah, please. My friend had moved to South Dakota into a small college town called Vermilion City. And, uh, well, I call it Vermilion City because it reminds me of the Pokemon, uh, the town in Pokemon, um, the video game. Vermilion is a word that means green, city. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, it's the color of it. Um, it's a college town, so it's full of old people that are retiring or college maybe families still, small families. But um, the only people that would go out at night are college kids coming home from the bar. because I was just off of a main street and um, some some things happened. I was only there for a month and a half, but I saw some really aggressive toxic masculinity following these young innocent um, aspirational woman having uh, the whole house walk the other direction for like 10 minutes or just like wait for her to go, you know, home. Um, Drunk college kids. But um, it was like a mini Canada there. Everything was mostly peaceful. And so we left everything unlocked. Cars, doors, houses, everything. One night, All right, so we're going to listen to music because you're probably bored of me and Pancake talking, but we, uh, no, it's fine. No, I'm saying them. I'm saying them, the people out there. It has nothing to do with you. Your microphone isn't even up. I'm just saying if you're listening to Mutiny Radio FM, which some call me Tim usually, where we talk about God and stuff, but, you know, we've been talking about that all day long anyway, so some music that isn't. Doesn't suck.
radio, Star FM, is the flat black classic show, all this classic, it is flat and black and full of grooves I bought today, all this is less than $20 for all of it, Arlo Records, Star Pig Records, uh, Country Bear Jamboree, Say hey, everybody. You're listening to Some Call Me Tim. We've been sort of in and out live today. We're waiting for your call, 415-550-0511. I was playing a, a little thing of me and Pancake that we recorded yesterday, but then I was like, let's play music, and then took it down. <laughs> took it down. Today. Here, Here we are after take two. Phone call, important phone call. I did. I took an important place. phone call from mutiny radio compatriot my buddy who basically without her the station doesn't exist and i suggest she's the savior in my phone she says suggest the savior she is no because um the station was falling apart and she was one of the people who was like i got your back and she's had my back for years and years and years and years so can you put a number on it 105 uh since 20 well since longer than 2013 but since 2013 she's definitely i couldn't do the station without her so her and Richard Kiss are both like, 
really, really important people that I never pay <laughs> that do it for free because they love it and uh, and they really support the art. They yeah, they're patrons of the art for sure. So thank you. Shouts out to Richard Kiss, our tech in Las Vegas, and out to suggest he's out there in Oakland right now, running the books and being awesome. And then I'm here right now with Pancake, and we're keeping the phones open. 415-550-0511. Tell us. We just had a call. We just had a call. But we missed but it. But we missed it. Sorry. I was on an important call. And now we're waiting to but hear from you. But I could take it if we continue the tweets from the show. Oh, yeah. I'll show you. Whenever anybody calls back, I'll show you how to make that happen. And it's number 20 here? It's Yeah, it's the one marked phone that you can't see because oh. the world is falling apart. And the entropy <laughs> in the station is great. Um, it the station is actually the best um, symbol of entropy when people don't understand what entropy is, like kids or whatever, and you're trying to teach them science, and they're like, what's entropy? And usually they say, well, imagine a pile of sand, and as the sand changes over time, that's entropy. Well, that's not the best example. Best example is in this space <laughs> that things start out the way they are and then more people come in and then they don't restore things and things fall apart very quickly. So entropy is the scientific study of how things fall apart. Okay. And the station is a great symbol of that. Oh, I see. Uh, of things starting out the way they're supposed to be and then falling apart. It's a symbol of entropy. And I try to maintain it, but it's almost like you're, you're holding a huge pile, like a sand dune. You're trying to pile it all together and keep the pile, but there's still pieces there's still entropy it's still going to degrade over time there's a station right oh in here yes oh, oh my god things that were art pieces have fallen by the wayside and and been destroyed uh some uh damage has been taken just looking around <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know people bump into the walls and the pieces are too low but the ceiling, hey, the ceiling's an untapped market. There we go. I could start stapling up there. This, um, There's a box behind us that's very scary, and it. I have a really great scar on my back from the third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival when there were too many people in here, and I was trying oh. to move behind people without asking for help, and that's I a took gagging. a huge gouge. That's took a, a huge gouge out of my back, and I have got a great scar from it. And every time I see it, I'm like, ah, oh, the stew got me but it was it was a year where and it's it, and i was like i'm fine i'm fine and it still was bleeding and i still have a big you know mark on me but it's it's a reminder of how i need to ask i could have asked someone to move politely out of my way but i was moving really fast that's in the studio freaking people out that's how i got my back injury yep i didn't i didn't you know assert myself yep we were, we were we were the caregivers become the the care mm -hmm. Well, I've learned a couple of lessons this year. One, complaining is not asking for help. Two, I have to ask for help before I need to complain. Yeah. <laughs> Three. <laughs> I don't need anyone's help. I can do it on my own. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not. That's the old Pam trying to. And I'm I'm also trying to learn how to not freak people out with my energy because it gets really ebullient and it scares people and I I've known that for many years, mm. but um now I'm trying to keep that keep the scary energy under wraps just to keep me going. I've been seeing you wear these uh, 
my skeleton gloves. Because I'm freezing my ass off because their government is fucking with the weather. <laughs> no, it's I'm just the bay. It's just the bay. Hey, the bay's trying to heal itself. Tell us what you think, 415-550-511. Are they messing with the weather, callers? Are they messing with you? Are you okay? Are you alone in your house? Did they do the earthquake in Utah this morning? 5.7. Is God speaking to us now? I sure hope that he's got something nice to say. Or keep it to yourself, God. <laughs> you know? If you haven't don't have anything nice to say, keep it to yourself, God. Lock it up. Remember remember those old days? <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Oh, this is kind of a boring world. Those days are long gone. The words can break your bones now. <laughs> all the I fairy tales. In in San Francisco, they they put in this uh, place. They, they put in place all these um, suggestions, heavy suggestions to stay home. Right? When did that happen? Two days ago. What was that? March sixteenth. Was that 316? Mm. John 316, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that anyone who could believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the Bible verse. Put that, Yeah, put that on a grander scale. Can you um, uh, interpret that in, in a way that, that makes it uh, ominous <laughs> or, or splendid for everyone? Well, I, also, I don't like the idea that one person is the savior of all unless you think of it that we are all one person that we can only save ourselves and then in that way i'm okay with it but i certainly don't like the idea that the entire structure of the world is based off one person that i don't necessarily know right that's going to come and do some miraculous thing on a white horse on thanksgiving well we know the mind better and we can find people who would use these times as um, uh, uh, they could take advantage of it. So I'm going to pull back the veil for the radio listening audience. One of the things when you deal with microphones is Mm -hmm. that inside of them is magnets, kind of like ICP, how the fuck do they work? But we at least know that when you you have to talk into the magnets, if you do it like this, like you have, it doesn't doesn't reach. There you go. You've got to point it. There you go. Now we're now we're picking what you now we're catching what you're saying. Well, uh, the people who who would take advantage in times like these can be found out at an earlier age, and they can be helped. But we, you know, we we were. I've lost you. What are you talking about again? Um, we're talking about banding <laughs> together and taking care of each other. Oh. And not having uh, this separation. This tribalism, you know, I don't know you, and I can't trust you. Well, in these times, we have to trust each other. We don't want to be in the dystopian um, uh, a movie setting of the worst times, like the road. We can't trust anyone in those days. So in those fictional times. Yeah. No, no, no. I got it. People band together in times like this. Well, that's the question. Do people band together in times like this, or do they become more isolationist? And if they're forcing us to be more isolationist in our own homes and they're not letting us band together, what does that mean on a larger scale? Mm-hmm. Like, why keep – I mean, we have to keep people apart because of the virus, but 
is there a larger motivation for keeping people apart and have they been planning it for a long time um Ooh, am i today. i'm a huge well I the ominous why do we need an iphone 10 the iphone 2 is just as fine it's you've got to get more people to buy things and a new car every year you got to take resources out of the world and turn it into something so people can have everything they feel that they need but how much do we really need and when it comes down to times like this like what do you really need and who are people i guess it's who, who people are choosing to spend time with you know you could rely on the basics but my generation we have to ask for permission for everything we need approval we haven't known anything for sure unless we looked at our phone right. and then we forgot what we were talking about in the first place. Well, that is a thing I've brought up about your generation is that we've culled critical thought from our society in that we used to be able to read texts and be like, I have a basic knowledge to, to weigh this information on. But now that information is also immediate and it just exists, and you're like, oh, that's true, that's false, this is real, this is Wikipedia, like what are what is the real basic knowledge and i remember because when when i went to college we didn't have computers and they made us like read books so the way i used to study for school is that i would take the reader and and it'd be really thick it'd be like a thousand pages or something and i would read the whole thing four times then i'd be like yeah i'm ready for the final ask me any question i'll be fine because i read the material and i committed it to my brain and i learned it and i chewed it up and it was part of me you know mm. and so that's what happens with knowledge when you really imbibe it is that it becomes part of you but now we don't have any of that there's no one even when you go to college now because i taught college for a minute and they don't know anything they don't know anything they don't memorize anything they don't even memorize their own work like when you're dealing with poets and like i was dealing with poets everything comes back to like my own little insular thing but they wouldn't even memorize their own work and they just and it's like if you don't have if you don't value your own creative output what do you fucking value if you won't memorize and craft your own language what the fuck man anyway no you're right so everyone's just a bunch of walking iphone screens and getting all their information right now what's going on what's happening and do we have anything to weigh this against is does anybody know anything about like you know history are we the roman empire we're here we are bread and circus manifestus yep waiting imminent doom well i and weren't we all doing that anyway is this what else are we what else are we burning time for we're all we're all like these little bags of skin and consciousness and we're all just burning time until we die and we used to burn time like doing important things like farming and making things and building houses and keeping shelter but now that all that's sort of a guarantee like what do we actually have to do and it's just burn time. And it's interesting to watch people burn time right now, like playing video games, watching Netflix. And didn't they – they got it all in place. Like there's enough Netflix that you could watch something forever. Mm -hmm. Well, we're supposed to consume. Consume, not create. Don't create anything unless it's approved by the powers that be. Uh, but that's why um, 3D printers are cool. Super cool. And – Oh, talking to Ty wants to make sure Christian shows up again. Uh, just like my Bali teacher said, you always return to the bar. Mm. 
Technicals are going back to online. I hate how things are like still normal online, but we're we're at a we're in a heightened state of awareness right now. But we're all supposed to relax. Oh, I need a hero by Bonnie something or other. That's a great song. That's a good song. Um, Sam can vibe with that. Let's see. What other songs do I have? Uh, we should. We can get on that. Twitter won't let me get past asking for my phone number. It wants my fucking phone number. Here's a, here's a terrible. People in Texas are evangelocos. <laughs> evangelocos. <laughs> that's a joke that's in my phone. My phone is just a gross place of, because it, anyway, it's like me being drunk on the bus and I write myself jokes. Oh, my God. Um, huh. I think those are all mine. You're Cow cancer steaks. You're brandishing so here's a blade. A concept, here's a concept I wanted to get people to get behind. If we can, if we can make animals, or if you can grow like a human ear on a rat, why can't we just make cows grow stakes on themselves? Like, why don't we – why do we have to kill the whole cow? Why can't we, like, put a little tumor growth on them that makes them have cow cancer oh. and they just grow a stake outside their body you of their own stuff and then we cut off the stake and we eat it and we keep the cow alive because I like cows. I don't want to murder the whole cow just for a stake and we don't want all those parts of the cow anyways. Every day we get further and further away from God's plan. <laughs> With – I would eat a cancer cow steak. Would you not eat a piece of cancer cow? No. If a cow no. grew a steak on they its back? No, they can splice apples and pears together. That's enough. That is enough. They can't make grapes into watermelons. I would Stop. also, But I would also be willing if they took a rat and they put cow cancer on the rat and they grew a steak on a rat. I'm fine with that, too. Like, I'm fine with that. I'm even fine with, I mean, I would be willing to... Take out my IUD and impregnate myself for stem cells to oh. help a friend. Like, if a friend needed fucking stem cells, I would definitely conceive something to specifically have an abortion to give my friend stem cells. Why not? No, you're right. You're right. At a point. To a point. For sure, we should be preserving the embryonic pl uh, uh, fluids when a baby is born so we can have um, someone... They, they can live longer throughout the rest of their life because we have their their specific fountain of youth. Oh, uh, turn turn his mic up. Oh, okay. Uh, which one is that? Um, eleven. Okay. That's too light. It has an on-off switch. It felt better that way. Okay. Yeah, what would you say, Sam? I'm getting I'm getting serious again. I gotta put my hair back on. I still didn't hear it. Tennis elbow. Okay, tennis elbow. Stem cells. For stem cells, just in the stem elbow. Stem cells for tennis elbow. Not for a heart, not for a liver, not for the large intestine. You know, every every day it gets gets closer to feeling like it. We should have the island with Ewan McGregor. Oh no, I'm really excited. This this whole um, I was thinking about. Willie Wan Johnson and the 5.7 earthquake in um, in Sa Utah. In Utah. Salt Lake. Salt Lake. And I'm very excited because we're like on this fault line, and I feel like for a long time, California is just going to sort of become an island. We're going to break off, 
from the rest of the United States. We're going to float out to sea. Oh We're going to have a moat between us and, like, other states and shit. <laughs> Johnny Depp's going to be our president because he's a pirate, and we're going to get all, like, the people to f- be on ships and, like, and it's going to be great. I'm excited. And avocados will be our currency. That and entertainment, obviously. Huh? Huh? <laughs> well, because ho- Hollywood's so fucking I could meet my president and, oh, my God. The world's going to change. I it already has. The wor- I can't like what is more we could can Are anyone you heating up your water? Can end anyone render assistance to America? 4155500511 if you have to anchor. Call it, save us Captain Planet. <laughs> super super Captain Fitness Planet Man. <laughs> You know we're uh, not allowed to interfere with people who haven't met modern civilization. Sometimes I just can't with Jesus. <laughs> Keep saying words. I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Scared that he won't. Doesn't want to use your oh. microphone anymore. <laughs> Since he's got the uh, the special suit that he's yeah. taken off. <laughs> And he's eating the brown parts of a banana without regard. Okay, what are you playing, Sam? You're opening Safari First Mistake, Internet Explorer. So there's things that have to happen before me, you know, I can open YouTube. Pam. 415-550-0555. Pam, where do you go to get your entertainment fix who what where do you go to get your entertainment i read books you read books most of the time candlelight uh fluorescent sunlight no yeah no preferred okay lighting. so but before you do that you have to turn off the other sound on the other thing okay okay is located north of Australia. Why are we watching these twice things? the size of Spain. The west is the province of Indonesia. The east, the newly sovereign state of Papua New Guinea. Pierre Dupierre is a Belgian explorer well, and you can still call if you can since 1973. Um, he has I been I part of the campaign to find the world's remaining isolated tribes and help preserve their rights and tribal lands. <laughs> no, this is perfect. <laughs> For centuries, the hill tribes of the Owen Range People who are a- away from civilization stay. Sam, you can use my microphone all we can rely on is the basics. While Go back to nature, everyone. Known, Take some shrooms. Go back to nature. Just located a new one, the Tulambi, a tribe that has never been in contact with the outside world. Jean-Pierre is skeptical, but decides to verify the stories about the Tulambi for himself.
Jean-Pierre arrives at the village of Ouya Ouya. His first stop in his search for the Kulambi. Didier could end up spending months here. The helicopter may not return on schedule because the rainy season has already begun. Ouya Ouya is the home of the relatively sophisticated Ouya Ouya tribe. The explorers know they may be at risk of being caught up in a war. Since their contact with the outside world, the hill tribes have been fighting more frequently and more violently. The Papuan government in Port Moresby classifies sections of these highlands as fighting zones. We hire porters to carry enough supplies to last the expedition for three weeks. But as usual, no one comes forward to carry the heavy box of thin stuff. The Ouya Ouya tribe were the first outsiders to meet the Tulambi. They say the Tulambi have never seen a white man or even the Western clothing adopted by these Papuans. If this is true, the Tulambi could be survivors of the Stone Age. In the lead is Allah, the regional government health official and language expert who first told the outside world about the Tulambi. Huawei, the village headman and guide, marches ahead of Jean-Pierre. At first, the going is relatively easy, but it doesn't take long before we find ourselves plunging through virgin jungle. It is not far, the porters keep saying, not far at all. Scores of tribes live in these highlands. Many of them had no contact with the modern world until the 1930s. That's when the first gold prospectors stumbled upon tribes of gardeners and wild pig breeders who dug at the earth with stone tools and lived in a way that anthropologists say had not changed in thousands of years. They thought the white men were either gods or their ancestors risen from the dead. On the heels of the gold seekers came the soul seekers, missionaries bearing Bibles, medicines, and a new God. Recently, the Port Moresby government has expressed concern over eager evangelical preachers pursuing tribes that are better off if they're left alone. Some of the tribes left their villages to move deeper into the bush to escape the missionaries. Once in a while, these refugees from religious zeal return to their traditional ways, only to be rediscovered and labeled as lost tribes. Until recently, the Ouya Ouya only knew of the Tulambi through the old stories. Things changed when headman Huawei found the Tulambi baby by the river that divides tribal territory. When he took the child back to the Tulambi village, two tribesmen returned with him to his own village of Ouya Ouya. It was one of the rare times that either tribe had crossed the river separating their territories. The Tulambi were spotted in the Ouya Ouya village by Allah, a government health official. He learned that the Tulambi were from an unregistered tribe that was about to be decimated by malaria. 
Allah's discovery was briefly reported in a local newspaper. Jean-Pierre read about it, and this expedition was born. Jean-Pierre wants to bring quinine, food, and vitamins to a group of people that, if the reports were true, have never seen a wheel. The leeches that slip through our clothing and into our boots are the least of our problems. We have been struggling through this green hell for days now. This is the worst I've ever seen. The Amazon is a kindergarten compared to this. Our spirits are low. It's raining harder each day. Day three of the trek to Tulambi territory. As they reach the top of the ridges, the expedition can hear the roar of the river they seek. As they plunge down into the valley, the sound vanishes. Four of my porters vanished during the night. They probably had enough as well. After four days, Dupier and his team reached the river where headman Huawei found the Tulambi baby. So what do you think we are? We are here. We are, we are here. I turned my back. I think maybe we are here. If we follow this river, there's a good a good crossing. Yes. Yes, it's way like this. Yeah? Yes. It's a pole. Going like this. It's like an elbow. Mais vous copter nous a déposé à Ouyaouya, le dernier endroit où un atterrissage était possible. The helicopter dropped us in Ouyaouya. The last place where landing was possible. We've been walking in this jungle for three days to this position right here, according to my estimate. A bridge is quickly built. Only Huawei will cross into Tulambi territory. If Huawei finds the Tulambi, I have no idea whether they will return with him. And if they do, would they come in peace or attack? We can only wait. We wait now. Huh? You think they come? Yes. Yes. They're gonna come there. So they're in there somewhere.
Thursday, and still nothing. Is this a bad joke or what? Our food supplies are getting low. We've had enough. returns after three days. He reports that he found only a few Tulambi. The Tulambi had been attacked by another tribe. But a small group of adults and a few children have agreed to meet the explorer. It is 1.48 p.m. when Dufier first sees the Tulambi. The footage you are seeing is unedited. The only addition is the voice of Jean-Pierre. According to Huawei, they don't believe that the white man exists. But if they do, that makes me one of the living dead. I lose my balance, they seem a little reassured. Ghosts don't fall, I guess. At this precise moment, I'm convinced that he's going to let loose his arrow. Maybe he wants to see if it will pass through my body or not. returns after three days. He reports that he found only a few Tulambi. The Tulambi had been attacked by another tribe. But a small group of adults and a few children have agreed to meet the explorer. It is 1.48 p.m. when Dufier first sees the Tulambi. The footage you are seeing is unedited. The only addition is the voice of Jean-Pierre. According to Huawei, they don't believe that the white man exists. But if they do, that makes me one of the living dead.
When I lose my balance, they seem a little reassured. Ghosts don't fall, I guess. At this precise moment, I'm convinced that he's going to let loose his arrows. Maybe he wants to see if it will pass in our body or not. Cheerful and frightened at the same time. This one tells the woman to stay back. look a little more determined this time. Wonder what it means. I feel it's important to show them my peaceful intentions. assistant has kept the remaining quarters away from the scene. In Philips, the cameraman is hiding about 60 feet behind him. And everyone forgot what was going on. Michelle, my um. assistant has kept the remaining quarters away from the scene. In Philips, the cameraman is hiding about 60 feet behind him. That's not cool. Uh, maybe they think it goes through their peephole, but yeah, yeah. You switched them around, so now everything's fucked up. I don't know which one. That one is three, which is the one that sucks, and I. <laughs> Four is the one right. that's good. There. Okay. There should have been more narration to what was going on, but. Um, Listeners should get the URL uh, in the mail <laughs> eventually. Look this up. It's called First Contact with the Tribe Tulambe. Tulambi. T O L T O U L A M B I. T 
Tulambi. And this all stemmed from my tribal um, experience with the ayahuasca Satan devils. Yeah. I I know life's going to go on. Human life's going to go on in the most remote corners of the world. And um, they want to they, they know. They know. They know what's up. All you can rely on is the basics. He's got shell beads in his tool. He's got puka shells. He seems pretty. He must look like a strange creature with an eye of a camera instead of a human face. So sweet. We're on part two out of four. Wow. This is cool. This is cool. Felipe has been on previous expeditions with me, and he knows these stone axes are deadly weapons. So just moved, startled him, probably a clasp or a buckle, like a sack that was just undone or about to be done. It's human evolution. This is first contact. This is human um, psyche. This is what, uh, what we do when we don't know what it is. Micro's trying to walk over and see what's happening. I have all the weapons. This all scouted out. We're gonna need some time to figure out what's going on here. But you know what? We're the safest people in the world right now. Flew too close to the sun. Looks kind of shady. How do you mean shady? Like he's just got kind of a, a schemey look. This to one, him. for some reason, is terrified by my black bag. It tastes the salt that I brought as a gift. Single-use life. His breathing is short. A sign of fear. Imagine anyone looking other than what they look like. 
I've heard that when you go to China and you're white, people want to touch you, and they like think that your hair is special. I know what we're talking about. But what? I can. Don't they have books with with sketches? Yeah, but it's it's everyone. It's the same thing. Bernice Joe said it. She said, when I was in China, I looked like everyone. Like every all we all looked, and if you see white people, they're like, whoa, because everyone looks Chinese all the time. <laughs> All the time, they never break character. Not even <laughs> to take a shit. <laughs> Can I touch your hair? Different than mine. Your hair is always straight. Well, we do that to black people all the time. People touch black people's hair. No, without you're permission. not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. I don't do it to Asian do people. Their hair is so straight. Like right? I don't touch the black person's hair without not consent. Not just any black person. Is it like Stevie Wonder or something? Barack Obama. You got feel. to touch Barack Obama. I copped a feel. No. Oh, no, that would have been so a story. I'm so glad you're lying. My uncle uh, knows a guy who has a picture with Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Knows a guy with Six a picture. Degrees. Just a picture. Six degrees. He photoshopped himself in, but he's a very talented <laughs> Photoshop artist. He, uh, enough so that he actually got to meet the president. Yeah, he got invited to the White House. Has to be sold. I show him matches. He burns his hand as if he can't believe this is real fire. Oh, he shows him matches. This, this is really cool. Oh, oh yeah. Thank you. They make fire like that? Wow. Oh, they smoke cigarettes? Do they know about this stuff? No, no, that's no. a thing in their nose. Yeah, that's a thing in their nose. Has to be sold. I show him matches. It's like Coke straw. He burns his hand as if he can't believe this is real fire. This feels like a meeting in a time warp. Perhaps Disneylandy with their wooden spears and stone axes are the living ancestors of we who have learned to fly without wings, hopelessly starve, and destroy our own planet. It's not a case of once bitten, twice shy. The bravest warrior wants to know more about the gift of fire sticks from one of the living dead. But he discovers the phosphorus on the matches tastes awful. He's like, let's fucking leave this place. Arsenic. The gift of instant fire seems to convince the Kulambi that Dupuyer, living dead or not, is socially acceptable, or at least is no immediate threat. With what may be one of the oldest gestures of humankind, the right hand, the weapon hand, is offered in greeting. And then he strokes and kind of, now you're creeping me out, bro. Yeah. He's like, let me feel your dick, bro. Copping a feel. He's like, damn, nice try, dude. How do you work out? Planet Fitness? <laughs> Guys, if I may, I think uh, the planet needs to realize what's happening, and we need to do what's happening here. Uh, we need to stay where we are, and uh, maybe once every five years have a delegation to go uh, abroad and and move somewhere, but 
the way that we're living now, we can't just fly everywhere, okay? We have the internet, so everyone hunker down. We have the internet. We don't need to fly everywhere. Stay where you are. Live a, a final flight's home, okay? And then no one's going to another continent. Uh, you got this? Can you entertain him for just 10 minutes? I'm gonna I, I got it. Clip. I'm going to unpause it. Why you can't force me to? Okay, well, who could resist? Anywhere else in the country, I was a bookie, gambler, healed by cops day and night. But here, I'm Mr. Sam Rothstein, and running a casino. And uh, to me, uh, that's like selling dreams for money. Oh, honestly, Pam, don't make me do this. <laughs> okay. If I if I unpause it, it's. I know. Well. I'm well. We're all we're all doing. We need a. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do all the technical things. Oh, lifting the veil. Callers. Callers, don't call in for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> but uh, get yourselves ready. Keep watching First Contact with the tribe Tulumbi by, by me. We're on part four. We're on, we're on part two of the English dub. Just... Um, Let's play uh, the Strokes, Interpol. Let's play the Muse. Let's play Mars Volta. Ah, fuck that. I'm going to play some Bob Marley. I'm still going through my phase. Get up, stand up, get up, stand up. Turn that shit off. I'm still going through your phase. Yes. Yes, I am. Chill out, everybody. Just wind down. Find yourself an island out in the sun and uh, get out there. Enjoy it while you can. Smoke what you got because there's no more shipments coming from abroad. Hey, start planting things if you're able. Plant your things because uh, you're going to have to start growing your own things eventually. Don't forget to give us a call, 415-550-0511. Don't forget about us.
shenanigans that come with it. All right, uh, so this is the second line of Come Call Me Bit Kim on day three of Corona, the 18th of March, 2020. Y'all still alive. Hey, I'm really excited that we're creating ephemeral objects. We're creating digital ephemeral objects that will live on the internet until the power goes out in like that room or <laughs> whenever. Because if it's really the end times, we're not going to have power, right? And then, and then the, and then, then the first contact shit becomes important. We're like, matches, we have a lot of matches here at Mutiny Radio. I'm going to start hoarding those. Don't take my matches. <laughs> no, if you guys want to, don't come here. Um, unless you've already been here, or you're wearing a hazmat suit, <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway. Sam wants the live stream back up because it's not real unless somebody's watching. Oh, why, why are you looking at me like that? I'm, hey, I just, I, it's, it's the aesthetic that I believe in. I'm just going to keep living in the past here. Uh, see you. You can do anything you want. It's your world, Sam. wearing a hazmat suit and now he's like almost famous but not anymore and uh wherever we are you know don't come down here stay in your homes if you're listening to us thank you press the donate button it's getting silly but um you know give us a call 415-550-0519 tell me how you're doing i'm actually interested to see how you're coping and if there is enough of us did they preload that that's There's lots of books. I know we're not allowed to go to the library anymore, but there were there are books there still. I have a lot of books. Don't come to my house. <laughs> I'm partially joking, but I'm partially serious. I mean, I, there are rules set in place by the people above for a reason, and I totally get that, and that's really important. But then you have to wonder, like, are the people in charge having our best interest at heart, and do we believe that they do? And I think that in a city as a whole, like, I fucking trust Roman Breed. She's a badass. Like, she's she's the local San Franciscan, and I feel like she has all of our best interests at heart. I really do. So thanks for doing that and being like, you know, I also believe in Gavin Newsom, and he's the governor right now, and it's like, I believed in him. I've, I've always felt like he had our best interests at heart, and I love his hair, and I would buy a used car from him any day of the week. So, but I, I don't know, what is it, what it makes people want to be politicians? Who wants to be in charge of anything? Trust me. Don't trust me. Everything I'm saying is faking, total opinion, free speech, all that stuff. But, you know, people that actually 
try to be in charge and be productive for the day, and then thanks for doing that. And I hope that everybody keeps sort of that communal idea. And I don't, I don't want to be like a conspiracy theorist and believe that the America calls us back to liberal America by shutting down the ALS, because that's the hubris of, you know, oh, we're so, our thought is so important, socialists and liberal weirdos that do we actually have an effect? Oh, we have so much of an effect that they would try to shut it down? See, that's another conspiracy theory. Scanning us out from the home to callus, rolling 555010511. Thank you. Yeah. Boys are being crazy out there. And I don't necessarily want to believe that. <laughs> I'm not deep or from the Eagles. And I guess they're TikTokers, and so that is really important to the Eagles. Okay, cool. Topic. Everything's connected. Okay, we'll keep creating ephemeral documents. Thought. Thoughts. Let's uh, let frickin' Bob Marley convey some shit. Give me a call, please. Call in five seconds. Excuse me? Hello, caller. Hi, caller. What? Hi. Oh, hey, Pam. Hey, oh my gosh, is this Chris Rocky? What? Uh, Who is this? Is this Chris Rocky? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I think I got the wrong number. I'm sorry. Oh, did you not mean to call Mutiny Radio? (laughs) No, I'm I'm trying to call the crisis hotline. Uh, I'm realizing too many things about the uh, state of the world. This is Pancake calling from outside. Yes, I'm on the <laughs> outside. <laughs> oh, so this is what it's like to be a caller. Yeah, it's a little, well, it's weird too if you can actually hear the playback from in here. So it's it's like you're in an echo chamber. There's a delay. Yeah, it's it's a symbolic, it's a literal and figurative echo chamber right now. Hmm. Mm. Well, I'm walking away slowly. Give um, us the word on the well, street. Oh, Sam's making a call for us. Um, uh, let's play some music in the interim. This is appropriate song too. Every little 
Jack London story. Like, do a story dog really has fur to uh, insulate it. Right. And snow is itself very insulating exactly. when you're in it. Um, so you have to just build yourself a little snow cave. Yeah. And then, and then he would have survived, but he didn't. So, anyways, well. Jack London. Oh, the things we learn from reading. Yeah, everybody go out, get the collected works of Jack London. They're really, really good. It's in a big, big, fat book. And he lived here and lived in Oakland. That's why they call it Jack London Square. And there was a bar that he liked to frequent. And he would go up to Napa all the time and hang out in weird hot springs and shit. And yeah. He was like a notorious drunk. He was actually super interesting. He tried to sail all the way to like Papua New Guinea or something. And it was him and his lady. And they didn't make it. <laughs> well, they were alive or whatever, but they, they didn't. They couldn't survive. The trip was longer and more different than they imagined. So, but he fancied himself like an explorer, like in shit, you know. Yeah. Jack London, yep. pioneer. Yeah, great writer. Yeah. In great stories. I One of my first authors, I really connected with. He has a hut, like in in Jack London Square in Oakland, like at the pier of. Um, Jack London Square. In yeah. Oakland, yeah. Right next to Alameda. Alameda. Just build a moat, and you can keep out the riffraff. It's true. It's impossible to get there. There's There were some comedy shows out there, but I never get to Alameda because you have to go under. Or, or there's no – cars doesn't go there. There's no transport. No buses. Ugh, but that's such a pain in the ass. Like, I'm going to take home. BART from – what? and then what's the reason to go to Alameda? It's like – Do you have a scooter? 
there's no, I feel no reason to ever go back. <laughs> Except for like the one or two comedy shows once every uh, every month. There's no more comedy. It's dead. So Bart is not running, right? No, Bart's running right now. No way. Yeah, Bart's running and Muni is still going. It's just a ghost town on, on the Muni buses and the whatnot. And everybody really should like, you know, listen to the people stay home. I'm again, I'm only out because I don't connect with any old people or children. And I've already been in this space, and it's kind of like a residence, and I'm not really – and media is important. And you should give us a call, 415-550-0511. We heard Kevin Quigley was going to call. See, that's the thing. That's entropy is right what's in front of you. I just did those chords yesterday and made them all not suck, and now they're all jumbled up again. So it's just entropy, how everything just moves around, and, and here we are, Mutiny Radio. Entropy is upon us. Um, and uh, it's not the end of days. Let's have more hope. I think um, I think we're buying into it and we're feeding it. So let's not let's not continue the cycle. I want to have a a little spring cleaning of our emotions right now. Well, it's actually not a bad idea if people are trapped in their homes to fucking clean them. Like, and <laughs> you haven't been there. Hey, I I'm I live in San Francisco. That means my my living room is a bar. My bar is closed. So once you're in your own home, it's like, oh, what do you do? Clean your house. Go. It's it's springtime. Get, get that Dyson out. Get high and clean your house. Yeah. And, you know, bake some bread. I don't know. That those are the things I do. Like. <laughs> or, yeah, well, yeah. Make, craft, um develop are you uh, working on your novel work on your novel yeah yeah well you work that out work on the novel 2020 the year of creativity or support the artist and all that i would hope so now it's forced upon us and we have to talk to each other through strange through four one five 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 zero zero five one one or um you know there's so many ways to talk now pam we could see each other's face I know. I don't do FaceTime. I don't like – that's the thing. I don't – I just don't like the future. I, I know it's not the future. It's now. People FaceTime. People like video. People want to see things. How natural is it to I observe don't. someone I don't and see their face? I like to listen, and I like to read. I like to do – I don't – I'm just an old-timey lady. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So you don't look people in the eye. I know, but that's I look people in the eye. Absolutely. When you when you're on the phone, you don't you close your eyes, and you you. Uh, well, I can't see people on my phone anyway. So and I don't really talk on my phone very much, honestly. I. The only time I talk on the phone is like to people here at the radio station. I don't have long conversations with people on my cell phone. Like, why would I do that? Mm. I I don't know. Yeah, we're back. It's three o'clock, live comedy programming. All day, 12 hours a day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. This whole week, all the way through Saturday. It's ramping up. It's getting more exciting. We've got a lot of comics in the house here to do another podcast. Coming up at four o'clock, we have a comedy show with a bunch of comics, whoever's here, and all the people. We're excited. And I am joined by Pancake. 
Live in the studio. Hey. Hey. It's hard ma'am. to get a word in edgewise with those boys, huh? It is, definitely. It I is. do well with three or less. You're a soft spoken man. I am. It's hard to compete with Nathan. He's a loud spoken man. But when you whisper, everyone wants to listen to you eventually. You you know what? You're absolutely right. I had uh, a poetry f- professor teach me Dan Langton long ago. He's one of the original beat poets. Uh, he said that your impetus when you're on stage and people aren't listening is to speed up and be louder. But what you should actually do is slow down and get softer and the audience will tune into your wave and they'll get right on board with you. Uh, hey, Nathan. You want to use that one? That's the super loud one. Mm-hmm. This is the one that I... Yeah, I know, but I... It, well, it's all, it's all good. There's plenty this is of the one you gave for me. everyone. I brought that one with me. You know, from the last podcast. Is this sweet. one too loud? No, you're perfect now. You're modulating your... Is this your raspberry? I, I don't know because I can't... I have no sense of taste. I think it's peach. Okay. They're talking about... Uh, diarrhea out there the pod so. <laughs> don't be you don't have to it doesn't always have to be about poop and dicks no but but that's what's going on out there so i came in here oh i so will I say i don't like to fart on a plane fair like that's, that's no that's fair. common that's courtesy nice. that's very kind of you uh that's not sam's opinion <laughs> but I f- it doesn't matter anymore because i have no sense of smell so i can get anyone's poo particles in my that's nose fair. it just doesn't matter hmm? it's, it's very fair it's fine it doesn't matter anymore. But I feel like, and and this has happened to me. I've been on a plane ride, and I needed to pass gas, Uh-oh. and so I held it in, and it hurts, you know, yeah. sometimes. Sure. And I'm I'm doing that for like two hours at this point, mm. and so I'm like, finally, you know, maybe at this point, all of the particles that would cause a scent, uh, you know, get absorbed by my body so now it's just regular old space in my body that needs to come uh decompress you know yeah and at that point there was no scent or maybe it was just one of those those farts that didn't need um a smell to come with it you know i'm glad that we sidestepped this topic (laughs) I am. I am too. I'm glad that we did that. Now let's go back to Boy Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) Call back to four podcasts ago. Y'all were talking about Boy Scouts? Yeah, Boy Scouts. Dude, I had a a friend who was really into that, and his dad was really into it. He had, like, the board, the hat that's a board. You know what I mean? Like a board hat. A board hat? Like the ones that the rangers, like the, the park rangers would have. Like the flat, like it's wood. It's like a board. Like the bill is, all right, whatever. I've never but seen that. They had a lot of patches. Oh, I love patches. They had a lot of patches. Yeah. I like I like flair. They like, like they would try to they get all they were trying to get all the patches. Yeah. It was of very important for them. Because you that's how you win. Well, that's how you get it, have an identity, you know? It was his identity was knots. <laughs> <laughs> his identity was a bunch of different knots that he probably had to learn to get out of. Uh, oh. <laughs> at Boy Scout camp. Yeah, that's some Houdini shit right there. Like We're that's that's what they don't tell you. It's a practical exam. Uh, that they're gonna submerge you in water. That, with no, 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 no. It's, it's just a, it's a little more rapey. Oh. I <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more gimp in the gimp in the box. Then it's more like you want to know how to get out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're joined by Mike Hudak. Yeah. Boston via Austin. 
That's the soft one. The other ones are all loud and wonderful. It's just the one mic that's. Let's see. Yeah, there you uh, go. Right. Oh, nope, that's the. See, everyone keeps switching the mics. Maybe that's the one talking talk to it again. All right. That one's a little bit better. Yeah, so the other one actually works better, but I didn't have it up because I thought ah. the other one was the other one because we've been switching them around. So I'm being very quiet. It's very. Yeah, no, you're fine. Moderating my voice. I have a tendency to project. Yeah, and he doesn't pull the microphone away. He's learning, learning yeah. that skill. Look at where it is right now. This is there very reasonable. Great, absolutely. No, there you go. Reasonable there distance. Yeah, reasonable distance. Not bad. That's what I have to keep for most of the comedians: a reasonable distance. Reasonable distance. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good idea. I like yeah. that you yep. know the rules and still don't follow them. That's absolutely. Like <laughs> yeah. You gotta know the rules to break them. That's what I was always taught. So ignorance of the law is not. Is this bad? What I'm doing? What? You you look suspiciously at my feet. No, no, it's okay. okay. I was making sure. No, no, no suspicion just getting, here. Getting she was just I don't have a foot fetish. Well, he's got nice knees, though. You know, he's letting me objectify his uh, knees. Those sweet little lumps right there. Uh, I was talking about his like Yeezys. man titties. That's not what those are. Those are Reeboks, dude. Yeah. Well, they look. They look. Them like some them. CrossFit shoes. CrossFit. You, you need these for burpees. CrossFit is like another, another cult. It is very cold. Like yeah, they're very vegan like. Anything vegan like. Uh, they're very vegan like. I've worked in the in fitness industry for <laughs> I've worked in the fitness industry for probably 5 years. And uh, it's interesting. There's a thing going on right now this week called the Arnold Classic. It's a thing Arnold Schwarzenegger holds every year in uh, this town that's like basically just an entire statue to Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's well, crazy. Well, he was the governor of California. Yeah, so. but this is in Ohio. Oh. <laughs> and they all go to it it's so Completely bananas different side of the country i've gone a couple different times for like different podcasts and stuff like that like in that world and like just to talk to the people and in all the bathrooms the men's bathrooms there's these little brown puddles under the urinals because of all the paint like the bodybuilders have like all the because the bodybuilders will they'll do like they can't do the faces anymore they used to just tan their whole body and they would look like black guys but now they can only go like neck down, <laughs> so they have like these just black bodies, <laughs> with, like because it's to see like because I guess it's it's subjective. It's another one of those things. It's a contest. It's not a sport, <laughs> but it's it's bodybuilding. So these guys just get ridiculous.